Chanel. That song is from Con Air? Yeah. Did I stutter? That's that crazy. song is from Con Air. But hold on. Okay. I'll give you 25 cents if you can name which one is from Con Air. Which version? Mm-hmm. Leanne? Trishy. Trishy? <laughs> We're close. So I add a weird vowel at the end of Leanne? Ooh, sorry. You owe me $10,000. Footnote get- to the original <laughs> bet. <laughs> I get... A quarter, but you get... Uh, that's right. Um, Trisha's version is on this one. Trishy. Noted, noted chef Trisha Yearwood. Um, oh, her she version is on the uh, what have you. Leanne, though, fun fact, she uh, did her video on top of the Bridgestone Arena. Oh. I think uh, shortly after it was built. Um, her uh, name- why do I know so much? I don't know. What's the deal with... I wasn't getting late at the time this movie was coming out, so I was just a sponge for knowledge. Trisha Yearwood's uh, married to Garth Brooks, right? That's right. Okay. Actually, legally, she's only married to Chris Gaines. <laughs> so Better they can choice. only they Better can only choice. consummate their marriage on the 29th of February. I think we should do an every entire, four years entire episode on Chris Gaines because I love that album and I will defend it to the death. I have, and by death I mean mild and annoyance. <laughs> I will defend I it to the mild for Chris Gaines. <laughs> Chris Gaines, we should do. An, Gaines, I don't know. Yeah. I know I've heard at least one song. The song that was a single. Maybe other. Uh, maybe other. Uh, come on, people now. Smile on your brother. He covered that, but it's like the the verses are rap. <sighs> Not like a rap, but like ta- spoken. You know, uh, rap doesn't seem to be Garth Brooks' forte, but I can't speak to whether it's Chris Gaines' wheelhouse. So yeah. I won't judge until we do the episode. When I think if any anybody has discovered anything about you and I, it's that <laughs> we know and can really delve into whether or not something belongs in the rap camp. Mm-hmm. We are very mm-hmm. familiar and very we're experts. Us we're we're we, rap experts. Well, Us Weekly has referred to me as a hip hop expert. <laughs> hip hops, hip hop expert. Hip hop expert. So today we're talking about Con Air, 1997s. Con Air. I know that because I Googled it. Ooh, okay. Now that's an interesting take that you would Google it. I'm going to have, you're going to have to handle the lion's share of this because I, all I remember is that this movie is not The Rock. No, but it is, uh, you know, sort of a loose trilogy with The Rock, Con Air, Gone in 60 Seconds. I think they're all, what? They're all Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Okay. Bruckheimer movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all came out like bam, 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 like within three years of each other. They're I not feel like really trilogy. No. Okay, just the Nicolas this, Cage. Nick Cage yeah. is not the same character in each okay. of them. Oh, I, I mean, I don't remember enough about this. And the, so, The Rock has Sean Connery. That's all I remember. That's how you can tell them apart. And then this one has <laughs> how many of them have Sean Connery in them? Nicolas Cage with the worst, well, the worst accent I've ever heard. Uh, yes. It it borders on Scarlett O'Hara uh, of Southernness. I it's, do declare. Oh, my stars. Are you not a Yankee, sir? <laughs> In Tara? Which, by the way, gotta, that's a line from this movie, not Gone with the Wind. Weird. I would, I would steal this plane, but my cotillion is coming up. <laughs> so I'll sip on this. Oh, hello, Dave Chappelle. Are you a slave? 
Oh. Yeah. No. Are you sad about Dave Chappelle? Are you sad about slavery, uh, American slavery? Both. So they're convicts. Okay. No. Yeah. They just. S- I'm gonna let you go with it. They Keep going. Steal an airplane mm-hmm. to, and thus to escape. Yeah. Which and that begets the name prison plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which was the working title. Hmm. Uh, Funnily enough, the I think that the plane. This actually gives away that I've actually watched this before we recorded, but yeah. I believe the plane in the movie is called a Jailbird, which is, even though if you have to name a plane that carries convicts, that's a good name for a plane. Yeah. The, you know what's not a good name for a plane? Con, Con Air. Air. <laughs> also, it's a, hair, a very famous hairdryer yeah, company. come on. They are, you are treading close to the line, trademark-wise. Con Air, the, the hairdryer company, was like, fuck. When this came out, and now that it's kind of like faded, they're like, okay. We're back we're in back. the game. We are the one you think of. People kept buying first. hair dryers thinking it was a DVD copy <laughs> of Con Air. Confusingly similar is the. the oh, the this must be the special language. edition that just has a weird gun on the front. <laughs> the idea, the very idea. It's like a gun that's been inflated with like a, a balloon uh, so you- helium tank. You love this movie so much that you could not wait for this episode um, to watch it. I love this movie so much that when I saw it was on Hulu, I didn't even get the sentence, Con Air is on Hulu, out of my mouth before <laughs> I was already watching it. You texted me, Con Air is on Hulu, and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a sign that I was pitting play. I just wanted you to know. And just to, to give you an idea, when I was watching this, you and my boyfriend, registered trademark, were going to see Carly Rae Jepsen ah, yes. to decidedly a gayer act than what I was involved <laughs> in, which was watching I know. on air. I'm the I'm the straight guy who grew up in the <laughs> 90s, and I'm the one that's like, Carly Rae Jepsen! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Con Air's Ooh, on. Con Air. On a free streaming service. It's almost as if uh, we are not our stereotypes. Mm. By the way, how's that rosé you're drinking? <laughs> uh, fruity, but also woody? Hmm. Yeah. It's disgusting is what I'm trying to tell you. So I'm gonna, I'm sure the movie is going to, you know, bear this out, but it seems like so escaping from a from a from a prison. Mhm. Airplane doesn't seem like a good solution because mm-hmm. the main thing would be getting to the airplane. <laughs> Right? You're absolutely right. That that I imagine that's addressed. Getting to the plane is covered in the movie okay, Con Air. I okay. can promise you that. Because uh, them stealing an airplane just seems like, yeah, okay, but the prison break is the hard part, right? I mean, you're right. not that, that stealing that an airplane is the big would lift, be... And I think you'll be surprised by how they work around it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I got to say, I don't think digging a hole like in Shawshank is going to work. Right. Don't do that. Don't yeah. try and dig a hole to reach the sewers because you'll actually meet 20,000 feet of open air. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I like your, your idea was they're digging out of the airplane. Right. Yeah. Got a little spoon. <laughs> there are a lot of people in this movie. Okay. Uh, you got, of course, Nicolas Cage, Dave Chappelle, Ving Rhames, John oh. Malkovich. Yeah. Uh, Is he the, he's the bad guy? He's the ma- one of the main bad guys. Okay. Um, Dan like, Trejo is in it. Oh yeah, I think. Or I'm a racist. I get back to you on that. restaurants in Los Angeles now. 
Danny Trejo does? Yeah. What's the restaurant? He has like a Trejo's donut place or something? Danny's Donuts? I don't know. Or Trejo's Holes. Trey Holes. Trey Holes. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't like my own. Don't Google image search that. Or do. Sex positive. Um, <laughs> do what you like. Uh, oh, John Cusack. <gasps> oh. Colm Meany. You'll know him when you see him. Okay. Right. Uh, Colm? Colm. He's Irish. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow fine. it. Fine. <laughs> um, that might be it. Okay. Oh, Steve Buscemi. No women in this movie. There are literally two women in the movie. All right. Both unnamed. I like a Buscem. Three women. Sorry. There's a little girl. Oh, okay. And Trisha Yearwood's voice as the unseen narrator. <laughs> Do they use it as no. a... <laughs> that would be amazing. Can you imagine? I like that I've like... I would actually entertain that. Like, I, d- I don't know enough about this movie that I'm like, do they use her How Do I Live Without You by Trisha Yearwood as a narrative device? Where, like, she just sings the first chorus and that counts as the first act. It's setting like up Huron the first Pooh act. Corner or something. Like. <laughs> uh, so I remember loving this movie as a kid. Yeah. And I think it's a ludicrous movie. Okay. I this remember is known being as ludicrous, a, a bad but also movie, being right? like like a good bad movie. Yeah, but I I would think that the movie knows exactly what it is. Right. Okay. Well, that's I think those are the some of the best ones. It is campy, I would say, yeah. and it knows that it's completely ridiculous. This is where we get uh, one of my favorite gifts of John, um, not of Nicolas Cage with his flowing locks, mm. um, looking into the sun and letting it blow. Middle-aged in the front, party in the back, I always oh, say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like just closing his eyes and enjoying the breeze. And uh, Tyler that. walked in when I was watching that scene. He's like, what is this? I'm like, he's enjoying the free air. Yeah. He's like, what are you watching? <sighs> That's the air of a Freeman. Free, uh, a Masonic <laughs> Freeman. It's Morgan, Morgan Freeman parts. <laughs> All right, so we're going to watch Con Air. Watch it with us. It's on Hulu, as Damon excitedly told us. Yeah. Um, told you and everyone I could find. Yeah. Um, he actually um, got a an airplane that dragged Con Air's on Hulu <laughs> behind it. It was very expensive and really ineffective. Yeah, because it was actually kind of far off, and there wasn't like a lot of foot yeah. traffic going on in Nashville that day, so... There goes $15,000 I'll never get back. (laughs) All right. Watch along with us. We'll be right back. Damon. Yes? I'm a font of misplaced rage. And you know what? The only thing that will help me dissipate that rage is... Years of psychotherapy? (laughs) No. No. Giving to my favorite podcast on oh, Patreon.com. Okay. If you become a patron, Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot, you can help support the show and it'll reduce your rage. That's a that's a fact, a guarantee. That, oh, we can we can put I'm our a, money behind that. I'm a doctor and the the only thing I would subscribe to anyone for any reason is going to Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot, becoming a patron. I should by no means correct a doctor, no, but I think you the, word, the word you're looking for is prescribe. What did I say? Subscribe. 
Both have scribe in it, so you weren't far off. Well, the only- and again, you've spent many more years in in podcast med school than I did. <laughs> the only- see, I got confused because you prescri- I would prescribe someone to subscribe, right, to become a patron. And now, listen, I'm not an English major. I'm a medical major. <laughs> Is that what they're called? When would I transcribe something? Now that is, if first uh, off, not funny. Yeah, cross the line. Well, that's I'll that's, see myself out. To be honest, that's his whole commercial. So, <laughs> not funny. Patreon.com/slash Junior Chess. Absolutely correct. That movie, that song bookends the movie. Oh, yes. In very direct way. Like, no joke. It's literally the first thing and it's the last thing. And good on you, It lets Trish. you know where you are in the movie, like a little legend on a map. Good on you, Trishy Years. Trishy Year, Trishy. Again, I can't stress enough. She prefers Trishy. She loves Her Trishy. manager insisted on an actual name. Damon's Anthopolis, will you recap this movie for me, please? DJ, I was born to recap this movie. <laughs> I think you were. Uh, when you were born, they did like a Lion <laughs> King thing, lifted you up, and everybody was like, he's going to recap a movie that's not out yet. That won't be out for another 15 17 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Cameron Poe. He's a Green Beret, I Just believe. Just a name that people have. Just a natural name that a person would have. Uh, he's a Green Beret. Um, he comes uh, home from, I don't know, training? Fucking knows. Uh, and uh, he, I don't think it was training. <laughs> he kills uh, yes. during a fist fight. He kills some men who were uh, besmirching yeah. his wife's uh, yeah. reputation. Um, and the judge, using precedent and law, says, you're pretty much a weapon. If you get in a fight, you pretty much go to jail for murder. That's just how that's, it is. That uh, seems consistent with how all law Yeah, he is. says, uh, you, you've been trained. You're pretty much a weapon. You should know better. You're going to jail for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you always see bodybuilders, if they get into into yep. manslaughter cases. They always go to jail. Weaklings, they get sent off because they're like, you don't know what you're doing. You just must have lucked e- out. Every cop that's wrongfully shot someone, an unarmed person, ends up in jail. Yeah, because they're trained mm-hmm. to be... That's just know, that's just the law. That's just how the criminal justice system works. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cameron Poe goes to jail for 10 years. Good behavior. Good. Uh, he eats uh, those pink snowball uh, things. That is his. The whole credit sequence is his daughter and him sending letters to each other. Ba ba da ba da. And uh, eventually, he's getting paroled. Gets put on a plane. The jailbird. Um, but oh no, the cons while in the air took over the plane and dubbed it Con Air. Oh, it's because they're in the air. Yeah. So. Why didn't they use Phil Collins in the air tonight? Because, uh, you know, Sweet Home Alabama was just sitting there. <laughs> they were inspired by Nicolas Cage's accent. They were like, you know what will make him feel at home? 
the song Sweet Home Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so they take over the plane, kill a bunch of guards, and, uh, you know, they uh, eventually run out of gas and have to land at the Vegas Strip. No, I'm not going to skip. going to go back. They've apparently been hired by some uh, drug kingpin to, I don't know why he would hire people who were already in jail. It seems counterintuitive. It seems like a lot of work you got to do, but apparently he hired them. That's why they had to take over the plane. They're going to switch planes, this abandoned airfield. Yeah. Uh, and that's when all hell breaks loose. And, uh, you know, John Cusack, the, the, what is he? A marshal? He's a, yeah, U.S. marshal. Air marshal? U.S. marshal? I think he's a ground marshal. <laughs> It's hard to keep track. What's in the air? What's on the ground? The ground marshals are harder to find. You use pigs to sniff them. <laughs> <laughs> but the air marshals, those use flying pigs. Yeah. Um. Anyway. That was a truffle joke, not a cop joke. No, I got it. In case it. anybody I was, got it. Okay. Anyway, John Malkovich dies and they land the plane in Las Vegas. Hit a, they destroy the Sands. The Sands Casino. And Steve Buscemi gets away with it, even though he's clearly the most violent criminal in the group. Yeah, but he's, like, I guess sort of redeemed. They're, like, Because he of spent some time in, an, like, an emptied pool with a girl singing religious music. And didn't kill her. And didn't kill her. Proves he'll never kill again. Because yeah. he didn't kill this one girl. So that's Con Air. Yeah, let's dig in. I'll this. let you start because I think you were as uh, you love this movie as much as I do. New favorite. <laughs> it knocks uh, um, Spartacus out of the top spot. <laughs> Bubba's I in this movie. I am Cameron Poe. <laughs> Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump is in this movie. Yeah, Mikkel T. Williamson. He's the best friend. Again, Again. getting shot. Again, Again getting being shot. saved by a southern white guy. This time. He survives, I think. He just gets put in a in an ambulance, which usually means you're fine. If you go to the hospital in an ambulance, chances are you're fine. Everyone knows no matter what has <laughs> happened to you, if you get in an ambulance and go to a hospital, you're going to be fine. At uh, least in the code of Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Right. We just need to get you on that ambulance. Um, uh, We got a little uh, Monty Potts. Monica Potter is uh, <laughs> is uh, the, the wife. Now, what is she in that you seem to be She's, familiar with her more than uh, I? In Parenthood. The show uh-huh. and other things, I'm sure. She's a real rags to riches story. Yeah. Will her star she's ever good. cease rising? She's good. She's good. Um, this, she just sort of looks around and she doesn't her tears have a whole she lot. Just, to her do. eyes well up. As we discussed in the intro, this is not a uh, woman centric movie. No. Uh, some of that is somewhat understandable in that, you know, it's about. Yeah, male convicts. convicts. Yeah. yeah, but uh, you know, we could spend some time with Monica Potter, who just seems to look around like a confused cat. Most no of need. the movie, not interested. <laughs> um, his daughter is one of the is the one of the little girls from The Grinch. Oh, really? Yeah, I looked that up. Didn't catch that. Yeah, I knew she looked. And familiar. I memorized all the extras from The Grinch. Well, I don't. I think she was an extra. Oh, I think she, she like, was had like a speaking not part. not Cindy Lou, but she was like yeah. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. She was Mindy Poo. Mindy Poo. Mindy Poo. Who? Um, this movie gets into grossing me out pretty well. Before I, I want to address my misunderstanding of what the <laughs> whole premise of the yes. movie is. 
The whole thing is they're on a prison plane. They put the convicts on a plane. There's right. an, and this is apparently based on a actual prison transfer system where they put convicts on planes, which seems like a bad idea. But sometimes you got to move prisoners How, around. You got to move them somehow. I mean, it's not. I guess it's not any worse than put them on a bus or whatever. But yeah. Uh, so that is why they end up on this plane, and then the convicts just take over. Right. Hopefully, they didn't break out of prison and then say, "While we're at it, grab the plane." That's why it didn't make any sense to me. Because but that now be you're like, this movie makes a lot. Now of sense. this all checks out. It's Everything fell into place yeah. like a handmade watch. <laughs> uh, the handmade convicts. Ving Rhames' character, I can't remember his name, Diamond Doug or something. Diamond Dog. Diamond Dog. That makes him sound much Which makes better. him sound like he's on a morning zoo like radio does. program. Hey, it's Diamond Dog coming to you. We got to defeat the white man. Anyway, we got a call coming in from Cincinnati. Diamond Dog and Cyrus the Virus in the morning. <laughs> it is kind of like true. a zoo. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cyrus the Virus is played by John Malkovich. <laughs> Thank you. Um, doing his Oscar winner. Actually, I'm not sure about that. Doing his best talking slow and then yelling. Oh yeah. Which is his specialty. He um, is. That is where he, uh, I mean, he that's knows, where he excels. He knows where his bread is buttered and it's in the yelling. Let's be honest. And the slow talking. Let's be honest. We come for the yelling, but you stay for the slow talking. <laughs> Um, they both, both of those characters, Cyrus the Virus and Diamond Dog, have pins that they've shoved into their hands, like, ow, and they pull them out, bloodlessly pull them out somehow? Well, I mean, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to push back on you here, DJ. Diamond Dog over here on the, the airwaves. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, when I was in school, the straight boys, who were disgusting, um, present company excluded of course. <laughs> no i was disgusting still am <laughs> uh they would take i would often see them straighten staples or sometimes take uh the lead and mechanical pencils and stick like it into the first layer of skin oh okay. so there wouldn't really be any blood okay but there would be retching from me yeah this is that what they just stuck it in the yeah, I, I had to look away a lot, so I'm uh, yeah. That inferring. was the the ta- the plane takeover scene is pretty gruesome. Yeah. The rest of the movie isn't so bad, but the plane takeover is gross. Unless you're Someone allergic gets... to explosions <laughs> and not looking at them and walking away slowly yeah. from them. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, the for the takeover scene, uh, Ving Rhames and Cyrus the Virus take pins out of their hands to to undo their shackles. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle, they are so dangerous that John Malkovich and uh, Ving Rhames are in special cages. cages. Yeah. Uh, Cy- uh, pinball, Dave Chappelle, is in just a seat, shackled to his seat. Yeah. But he pulls out, he has he's got something. a fishing line. He's yeah, he's got, got like something on a string he's got in his like wind pipe. And it's just like a little satchel full of condom. something flammable. A condom. Little sat- I prefer yeah. to call them ca- satchels. <laughs> Grab, uh, grab the penis satchel, dear. Will you grab, will you grab the cum satchel? <laughs> um, <laughs> and he, yeah, he's, he's got a little vial of gasoline. In yeah. There. Yeah. And, and a match. match. Yeah. That stayed perfectly dry, as it would in a condom um, that's in your esophagus. Uh, and he pours it on this uh, Native American next yes. to him. 
diversity. Uh, I noticed 90s movies are only interested in diversity when the majority of the people on screen will be prison population. Right. Then they're like, yeah. we got to maybe up the diversity here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, lights the guy next to him on fire so that, that everyone, there's one, chaos. Yeah. You're still wincing because the fire? No, Are you sorry. like Frankenstein? My, my knee hurts. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he causes chaos in the in the plane, but he yeah. also gets him to be physically removed. Right. And he's pulled to the back where all the levers controlling the cages. Remember the cages I mentioned earlier? Remember those? Yes. You're starting to see it now. But when Ving Rhames gets out of his cage, he takes handcuffs that were on him takes the pointy end to use john snow's trick and sticks it in the soft neck of one of the guards <sighs> yes who's Pretty trying gruesome. to treat bubba yes who is diabetic, diabetic who needs his insulin shot thus causing what i would what uh cinematographers might call no not cinematographers screenwriters might call a ticking time bomb yeah because he needs got, his insulin shot we've got also got a slow-mo first aid kit destruction which oh, yeah. i always enjoy in a movie and every action movie this is a trope from way back you've got a first aid kit that's got to slowly uh, fall especially when you're like why are we Wait, watching this on? and then you're like i'll write his insulin and yeah but he's like stay off my men's insulin man he's saying to a man who's currently got a handcuffed jabbed in his <laughs> neck that's where bubba's concerns are Hey, I know you're being killed right now, but the feet, watch the feet. Um, now, there is a vial of insulin left, but there's now no needle. Right. Yeah. So he's got that and he has no way of. So he's slipping it. into diabetic shock. Yeah. Or shot. He needs a shot. Stay out of shock. Just stay out of shock. Um, we get in this first bit uh, when the convicts are being loaded onto the, to the plane, John Cusack is running through each of them. We get a little character introduction and we yeah. also get. The glorious, the first of two glorious Nicolas Cage <laughs> hair slow mo moments. Oh yeah! Uh, if you have not seen this, I mean, if you're familiar with Nicolas Cage's hairline, it's one ludicrous. Uh, but he has, you know, in, the Nicolas Cage two, receding varied. <laughs> he has the receding hairline, but he also like it's still where there is hair. They want us to believe it's still super thick, so he's grown it really long. So yeah. it's like. I mean, past his shoulders, a little past shoulder length. Yeah. Um, but sort of just slicked back. Not slicked back, but it's sort of combed back. It's Billy Ray cyrus back. Yeah, it's got a Billy Ray It You assume it's a mullet at first, though technically I don't think it is. Yeah. He's... Because the uh, business end is just because he's receding. Right. The party end is the party it's end. It's party. When he's got... He's excited because he's actually on his way and this transfer he's actually getting out of prison so he's right being transferred to this other place where he's going to be set free um, everyone else is just being transferred to a, to a more yeah. like a new maximum security prison yeah and when he exits the bus to get on the plane they just have this moment and he's presumably just enjoying the free man's air right but he's just like and the wind's blowing, and, like the and he sun, closes sun his eyes. Shines on him. It's yeah, like, it's what ludicrous. The fuck is this? <laughs> um, I think we're gonna dedicate the last ninety minutes of this podcast to Nicolas Cage's accent. So oh, that's we'll just fine. Yeah, we'll just go fine. ahead and skip that for now. Um, we got so I I don't know how. There's so much to cover 
in this what in the topic that I'm about to to bring up. Oh, okay. So I don't know if we want to table it, but or just well, kind we've of, already tabled one thing. Well, I don't know if we just we wanna, can't just keep tabling. <laughs> I don't have enough. About something. I don't have enough pins to just put pins in everything. Well, I, my, I don't know if we want to actually talk about it as a unit or just say things as they come up. But this the dialogue in this movie. <laughs> I could teach a class on, and I don't even know anything about writing. Do you teach uh, classes on bad writing? I think you should, because <laughs> would you take that class? Would you take oh, yeah. the dialogue of Con Air featuring Professor DJ Phillips? First off, I thought you were a medical doctor, so I don't know why you'd be teaching. Sorry, <laughs> Professor Dr. DJ Phillips. Uh, MD. Well, my boyfriend did MD say to me recently, my boyfriend did accuse me recently of liking bad things more than I like good things. So I probably would take that class. I don't really, but this, having seen this movie, I would take this because they, you know, when you write a script, presumably I haven't written a scrap script. I haven't written a script, but as I understand it, yeah, you don't just have to go with the first thing that you come (laughs) up with. You can tailor it. Even if it's not what a person no, might you really can say. do. I think the term is drifts. You can do a second drift, a, a first rough drift. drift. Tokyo drift is the yeah. f- third one. I mm-hmm. think um, <laughs> it's always the third. It's always one. the third one. They literally just whatever someone spitballed out was the dialogue they went with for this entire fucking movie. Yeah, uh, my favorite one of which I think is the line from John Malkovich, who does his level best with it. Oh yeah, and I think. He is gnawing on scenery. Yeah. He says to the pilot when he breaks into the cockpit and he says, and if you say a word on that radio, the next wings you see will be the wings of the flies that are buzzing around your, what is Rotting corpse. Your rotting corpse. Because it takes you me a while to to understand, like, why would he be seeing wings? I'm like, oh, pilot wings. Okay, it takes me a while. But then I'm like, why would he be seeing the wings of the flies? Because he's dead. Three three things that come to mind. One, it's a very jerk store moment. Like George from Seinfeld. Like you think Cyrus the virus uh, right before his head got crushed at the very end? He's like, shit. I just thought of a better wing. I should have done that. Like could have mentioned the wings of the angels around him too i don't doubt that that's what some if if you were just like improvising insults you might come up with but three it's a script you can take another pass at it well maybe i mean i i don't know what feeling you got but i got the feeling from the 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 way con air presents itself verisimilitude was the number one concern of everyone on there so they're like Cyrus the virus, he's mentally unstable. He's a serial killer. Serial killers statistically have very low IQs. So <laughs> this is probably the best he would come up with. Jerry Bruckheimer said, listen, guys, if I'm, this is going to be my first production without <laughs> my partner. What's his name? Simpson. Someone's Simpson. been reading the IMDb trivia. And so if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to branch out on my own, for this to be a Bruckheimer production joint, Lightning hitting a tree. Lightning hitting a tree. Seven minutes of of, uh, logos at the beginning of a movie. If we're going to start that, if we're going to. If we're going to start that. Everyone's just starting to get like uneasy because he keeps naming things but not getting to his point. Oh, God. 
then this is going to be an accurate fucking movie about what it would be like if the convict heir that I just learned about and I'm now producing a movie about were taken over by the convicts themselves. This is going to be exactly like this. It's going to be a fucking documentary, but with actors and stuff that we've written instead of documents. <laughs> I lost the thread of that, but I kind of liked where it went. It <laughs> That's what Dr- Jerry said when he saw the Jerry, last who draft. seems very involved in the writing Jerry. process. <laughs> He's all the pies. He's got his fingers in them. Um, yeah, and there was another moment with uh, John Malkovich um, where... Um, someone accuses him of being clever. You say, oh, you think you're being clever? Yeah. And he shoots that person and he says, no, that's clever. Very John Malkovich. But again, I'm like, that's not that clever. No. You Shooting shot, someone. You shot the guy with the gun that you were threatening to shoot him with. That's- I feel like there was an era of, you know, action stars making jokes. Yes. Like after they kill a guy, yeah. waste a guy. Um. I feel like what I mean, Di- Die Hard. Uh, I don't know if that was like the first one, but I feel like that was one of this, like of the 80s era, like, yeah, one of the best executed of that because he was just like a guy that got he was a cop, but he was just a guy, he wasn't like this big action hero in the first one, and so he's like quipping his way through everything. Mm-hmm. He's so snarky, and isn't there a Stallone movie that's full of it as well? Oh, yeah, well, I'm trying to think of one, I don't uh-huh. know if I've and Schwarzenegger gets a lot of them too. What, yeah. What's a Schwarzenegger movie? Why can't Terminate? I think of anything? No, he's not making. <laughs> I mean, that he makes... quips. He quips in the later in the T two. He quips oh, a little. Let's not talk about anything. Them. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Uh, like here's. But there. This is not. This is like not being quippy, but also not not being quippy. It's trying to be funny, but I'm like. Guys, be- just make any effort at the all. The beats were there. Like, where they right. would say the things if they were quips, but they were just like, what? Th- this is a very philosophical question that comes to mind because of this movie. What makes a quip? A quip, does it have to be funny? Does it have to be clever it to would be help? I mean, it I makes mean, it's it- still a quip. Yeah. A joke doesn't have to be funny. You can have a bad joke. It doesn't make it not a joke. But like, oh, Nicolas Cage, when he's like holding up, when he and uh, John Cusack are in a standoff because they don't yet trust each other, Nicolas Cage is like, there's only two men I trust in this world. Me and the others ain't you. (laughs) And I'm like, I would have liked it better if you had said God, like anything else. And then, uh, (laughs) and I guess. uh, And it was just like, you almost like you felt like it was in italics, like, we'll get to that. Yeah, fill it out later. There's a lot of that. We'll f- we'll fill out the dialogue later. I can, apparently we learned from the trivia that uh, apparently Dave Chappelle like imp- improvised that almost all sense. of his lines, but th- one of his lines were one of my least favorite. Where Cameron is going to get off the plane because he they asked for volunteers to pretend to be the the transferred prisoners, and Nick Cage is going to get off, but then he realizes that his uh, the, his cellmate with with diabetes wouldn't would not get off so he decides to stay to help him and he's like oh i've changed my mind and then dave Chappelle's like oh we got a little mind changing over here <laughs> it was like what yeah that's that's what you i'm not saying someone wouldn't say that i'm saying it's stupid right it's not a well-written movie dialogue wise a vast understatement yes 
on top of that, like playing off of that, Nicolas Cage's character, aside from being a Green Beret who's honorable and who doesn't like people raping women, um, his whole character seems to be based on reminding me, the audience member, how unusual the series of events that have gotten <laughs> us to this place are. Uh, twice he recaps the the plot of the movie while sitting in the plane. He's like... Well, if this day couldn't get any worse or something like that. And then later on, he's like, here's a great idea. Put a bunch of convicts on a plane. Let the convicts take over the plane and then put two saps like us just trying to hitch a ride right in the middle of it. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, Nick, I've I've been watching the movie. I've been here as long as you have. But although I have to give him credit, think about all the mothers in the audience who are just constantly like, who's that guy? Where did that guy come from? Well, Phyllis Anthopoulos in 1997 was like, thank thank you, you, Nick. When thank you to his credit, this is a movie that is stupid. Like, but it is also kind of complex because I I found myself. Is it? Well, I'm the convicts have taken over the airplane. Yes, that's true. But then they're also like. Um, this guy's going to transfer over there. There's drug lords. There's an other plane. They don't. They right. don't do a super good job of explaining all those elements. But Nick Cage does not explain those parts. He, just he doesn't keeps explain explaining those. the the main plot. But convicts have taken over the plane. We're like, well, yeah, I got that. Yeah, and I'm a pretty good guy. Yeah, I'm not one of them. He you you I, stay around <laughs> for twenty more minutes. I'll tell you again. I kind of wish he had been like, you see those pins that though they had that got themselves loose from them handcuffs there. Them those handcuffs. ones over there that are that are on the ground now. They had put them in the first layer of the skin of the, their the hands. Epidermis, yeah. As we say back mm-hmm. back home in Alabama, the epidermis, the epidermis, the, the just the top layer. So no, it would not the, have drawn. You could almost you could almost see the pin <laughs> through the skin. The peen through the skin. The peen. I feel like we have to address the gorilla in the room. Let's go ahead and talk about that accent, shall we? It's like fucking Absalom Absalom, but (laughs) in the middle of fucking Con Air. What is like uh, you read in the trivia that Nicolas Cage went to Alabama. Traveled to Alabama. He traveled to Alabama. I can only assume 1867 Alabama. He went to Alabama. Walked by every single real person he saw, sat in a theater and watched Gone with the Wind. <laughs> that's how. That's the only thing that makes sense. Or he went to like a an antebellum Civil War uh, like reenactment mm-hmm. at a plantation, maybe. Yeah, and, and said, "Oh wow, they really are into it here yeah. in Alabama." We just kept uh, like pretending like he was writing letters from the Civil War <laughs> front lines. My dearest, my dearest Monica Potter, <laughs> the gangrene has taken over. They're gonna have to amputate my limb from the knee down. The colonel says I'm brave, but I wonder what what this war is actually being fought about. <laughs> brother against brother, <laughs> it's a shame. He occasionally really chews into a word too. And it's really distracting because I kind of wish he had, I mean, I'm grateful for the accent that he used, honestly, for my entertainment. Yes. But if he had just spoken in a normal voice and been like, I'm from Mobile, Alabama, we would have been like, okay. Yeah. 
I've met people from Mobile. Some of them have very distinct accents. Some of them don't. Just be a guy that doesn't. Right, but none of them sound like Leslie Wilkes <laughs> coming down from Twelve Oaks. But he does say at something, well, I, nothing I'd like more than to put a bullet in their head. And I'm like, just like, just give him one more take with that. Bullet. Because that is absurd. I don't, I don't have that much more to say about it. It's just... Great. It makes me secretly great. It makes me both extremely happy and extremely angry at the same time, and I don't know what to do with those emotions fighting against each other. Mr. Rep. Butler was on the con air, (laughs) and he asked for my hand in marriage, but he knows that I'm with Mr. Kennedy now, who runs the textile factory in Atlanta. (laughs) It's ludicrous. I love it. Just constantly sipping on a mint julep. Yeah. Constantly, like, buying a horse. <laughs> He's always fanning himself. <laughs> oh, it's odd. hot today, but it's more the the moisture in the air than <laughs> anything else. Anyway, I got to pass some laws, now that slavery's been abolished, <laughs> to pretty much keep the whole system in place. We're uh, going to name it after Jim, my friend Jim Crow. To Jimothy Crow. <laughs> Jimothy Crow nut. Cronut. He was uh, way ahead of his time. Wow. Put uh, the layers in the donut. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about, I guess her name was Sally, the the trans prisoner? Sally Can't Dance? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a trans prisoner called Sally Can't Dance, and it's dealt with with the the honesty and the sensitivity that you would expect from a Jerry Bruckheimer film in 1997. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they didn't spend a lot of time with her. So she is a, like a tertiary character. Uh, I don't think we even learn her name until the end credit the says Sally can't dance. I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Um, she looked like she was dancing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a weird character. She sort of comes out of nowhere. And like, anytime I see a nineties movie and all of a sudden there's a very effeminate queer character, I'm like, Oh, boy. Buckle the fuck up. Here we go. The plane lands, and then they pick up more pa- more right, they prison, were... pr- prison. They pick up more prisoners. Pick up prisoners? A peck of prisoners. They pick up a peck of peck of prisoners. Um, and when they do that, they, they decide, because they're trying to get to, I believe, Com- Columbia, so they yeah. can't get extradited. But they're sort of trying to follow the try and stay you know under the radar as long yeah. as they can. So they, they go to a second prison to pick up, there's a drop off of a certain number of prisoners, and then they pick up more prisoners. Um, so they go through. Some that. of them know this is coming. Like one of them's a pilot. Right. That's a swamp thing, which we'll get mm-hmm. to later. Some but. of them seem to be in on it already. Yeah. when they get picked up at the second prison, but one of them is Sally can't dance, uh, and uh, she's very effeminate right from the get go. Um, but she doesn't seem to be. She's not ostracized by the other prisoners, no. uh, which I think you can read one of of two ways, which is like, they don't really care about this trans person, you know, more power to them, prisoners. Or the movie is also saying, these prisoners are so far gone in, in their morality that they aren't even bothered by this, this trans character. Or just a third, like, hey, there's a lot of queers in prison because they can't get no... Lady pots down there. I think there. it's more that one. I think it's it the third be. one. Because they're also, I think, doing some of the thing that we've t- touched on before when there's like a – it's just like a – they don't – there's no difference to, between whether he's like just 
uh, it's a a man who's really effeminate, or if he is, or if she is trans. Yeah, it's or, the Frankenfurter. It's just like thing. a the over there that that stuff that I all don't them. Know. Yeah, that so, gay lesbian over there and we wearing dresses, and we don't spend any time with the character, so we have no idea like what her story is or what what the deal. But is. But she all. does seem to. I mean, the reason I guess I'm calling her trans, although I agree that probably to the producer Jerry Bruckheimer and writers were like, yeah, queer, yeah. She does seem to immediately like seek out women's clothing and is referred to as Sally. And uh, the joke seems to be that she is a woman. Right. Claw claw their eyes out, even though she's holding an M16. The proof that she's trans is how misogynistic everyone (laughs) is towards her uh, throughout the rest of the movie. Because John Malkovich says, you know, if while handing her like an automatic weapon, says oh and just you know someone gets too close scratch their eyes out i'm like or shoot them with the gun you just handed her um and then later on uh this one i remember even as a kid i wasn't a super woke to trans issues as a kid or queer issues even but the one that always stuck out to me that bothered me as a kid was that when nicholas cage is like in the sort of semi-climax of the movie he decides, like, I've got to take this plane by force and just sort of fights his way through all these these guys. And at the end, right before he gets to the cockpit pit, is Sally Can't Dance. <laughs> I'll just call her Sally. We're close. Um, <laughs> SCD. Uh, and she, you know, starts fighting him. And he, you know, reaches back to punch her and then slaps her instead. Yeah. And, and she goes, ah, and falls to the ground. Defeated. A defeated woman. <laughs> um and that one always stuck out to me because it was like, oh, she's a woman, so naturally we'll slap her. I'm like, would if you, uh, Cameron Poe, who keeps talking about women's virtue, like, you know, he's a medieval liar player. Uh, <laughs> he, the fact that he slaps a woman or what, it's always just this weird moment that I'm yeah. like, oh, you don't punch women, you slap them. I'm like, let's not punch or slap anyone. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. Or, I mean, if she is a real threat, punch her like everyone else. It's an odd distinction. It's a weird moment. It's and played for it's, it's, it's you know, played it's, for laughs. It's played for laughs. Yeah. Is, I mean, I can dance around it as much. So I can Sally can't dance around it as much as possible. Yes. But it is this weird moment where she is played for laughs. Let's get to my next favorite moment, which is wait. Can I guess what it is? Yes. Is it the propeller? No. That might actually be above what I was about to say. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Um, They're at this abandoned airfield, and Steve Buscemi plays this, like... uh, Sort of a Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. He's in complete restraints. Like, his hands are restrained. His mouth has, you know, got a mask and everything. Yeah. He's a bad dude. He's killed, what was like, 30... It was 30 people, yeah. And so... Wore a little girl's head as a hat. Yeah. At one point during his career. So he wanders off while the melee is, is going on and he ends up in a corn video is the, what it looked like to me. <laughs> we called her the child of Chernobyl. This like <laughs> dirty face, like not in like a kid way, but in like a dust bowl era. Yeah. Kid way, like uh, with pigtails. She's comes been working up. the coal mines. Yeah. So there's like this trailer park there, but it's like the trailer park that was like right next to the A-bomb test. I don't know. <laughs> what the deal is and somebody must live there if this girl is there but anyway he ends up like having tea in a like, drained pool in a drained with cracking paint and there's like a dresser like a wardrobe yeah whatever crumbling in there and she's like having a tea party with her dolls and the moment is like sort of played for you know you're fearing for her life and he's 
you know, this child killing serial killer that's there. And then we get this weird like fisheye lens from his viewpoint of the girl. And then she asks him to like sing. He's got the whole world. It's very creepy and it's supposed to be creepy. It it felt like a stain song could just start at any (laughs) moment. Or like it's like Black Hole Sun. (laughs) Right, exactly. Eyes start getting really big. You're like, oh, Jesus. Um, Just to make everybody relax a little bit. He doesn't kill her. You see him later with the the Barbie doll. The Ken, he's the left Ken her. Doll. You don't know what's happened after he had sort yeah. of this weird the fisheye lens thing. He he yeah. wanders off. Wanders off but he's the got doll. her doll. He's got her Ken doll in his hand. And you're like, you're an audience member. Put two and two together. You know what happened. But then when they fly away, you see her. She's got her. She Barbie. runs out and waves, waves the yeah. plane. And that is a memory I have of watching it for the first time as a kid in the theater. The audience applauded when that. When she popped out to wave, I I am I know it's very cheesy, but I love it when audiences applaud oh, in yeah. movie theaters. Yeah. I find it very charming because it's yeah. like I know no one's here to hear this, but I have no other way of expressing how happy I am. Right. I, the first time I ever saw it was at the end of Jurassic Park when the Tyrannosaurus saves everyone. Oh, yeah. Everyone applauded in my theater, and then uh, I mean this. That's a, I don't know. I just love it. Oh, it's weird that those two it's moments ridiculous. are ridiculous. <laughs> Like they're both ridiculous in their own oh, ways, absolutely. but like, but still, Steve Buscemi like, didn't kill that girl. <laughs> Good for you. He's done it again, and he he's loose at the end of the movie, much like the Velociraptor. The <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposed to be like this. I guess we're supposed to presume that because he didn't kill one person, he is he's not good now. going to kill anyone else for the rest of his life. And well, at the the final shot of the movie is him in a casino. Yeah. Uh, and craps or whatever. He's like, do you feel lucky? And he's like, yes, I do. And it's like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. how do I live without pushing <laughs> me? Weird. Um, yeah, and it's... Originally, it was going to be Trishy Worthen, like, this is weird. Yeah, this, this isn't is tracking. Weird. Wanted to make a comment about the ancient Egyptian labor practices. So at some point... <laughs> All the cons are... The, the plane, when it lands at the abandoned airfield before they take off again, is... It it's kind of gets buried... And they have to like use ropes and just pure man strength to pull it out. And then there's one guy like using a literal whip. Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck is the Ten on? Commandments? This is the best way. There is a tractor involved as well. Right. Still, it's just it. like, what is happening? And the reason, I mean, what happens is they stop at this airfield, they crash land, and they're supposed right. to be switching planes to this drug kingpin who's supposed to be flying yeah. them out of there. Um, yeah, on a tiny plane that would not fit. Tiny plane. I don't know what the plan was. Um, but then they realize that plane doesn't seem to be around. So they have to get up into the air again. It's not important. (laughs) It won't come up again. So the climax of the film is like they, they're, they have to land on the strip in Las Vegas. Um, yes. And, uh, Naturally, the the plane lands at the Sands Casino, crashes into a jet, into a, what's that? A slot machine. Mm-hmm. And Jackpot. as legally required by any movie set in Vegas, when someone crash lands into a slot machine, jackpot, jackpot. coins come out. I'm like, guys, can you just once, just once, I would like a movie to be like seven, seven, cherry, nothing happens. Yeah. Or just it just turns off because the power has been because a fucking cut off from plane it. hit it. <laughs> For Christ's sake. 
Um, it's just like when dogs turn their heads in movies. It's just like yeah. someone did this once and it's cute. And for some reason, everyone's like, do we, we all have to do that, right? I'm like, yeah. you no, don't. No. You don't have to do that. Or it might also be like a studio executive comes in and is like, wait, you, you know, know what would be, be fucking perfect here? <laughs> they hit the slot machine. Jackpot. 777 coins. Now say it like John Malkovich. You know what would be perfect here would be the plane hits the slot <laughs> machine and the coins come out. I, I, I think that would be great. That was uh, Nicholas Cage. Thank you, Cameron. You've proved to be a very useful mammal. <laughs> he, says he literally says that. I don't mind. You know that what one. my daddy taught me? Nothing. Self-taught taught man. Self-educated. I can't understand half the stuff that oh, no, Nick Clay's case says. It's, uh, it's a closed captions type movie. More uh, <laughs> great dialogue. Uh, someone says, sigh. And he says, Honora. <laughs> right. The, uh, when he kills yeah, them. Someone who betray- one of the prisoners betrays si- Cyrus, the virus. Um, oh, God. And uh, he says, sigh. Honora. Blammo. Blammo. <laughs> kills him. So Swamp Thing who is the pilot who gets on in the second love child of David Crosby and dog, the bounty hunter. He's the guy from lost. He's the fake head of the others. He first, you see him, he's got a big beard, but then it turns out he doesn't have a beard. And it also turns out that he's not one of the twists that he doesn't have a beard. Yeah. Kind of. Cause they, they look like real disheveled, like jungle people, but they were living in this military compound on the other side of the Island. That's like got running water and shit. And, He's also not the leader. Ben is the leader. Oh, Ben. So, oh, yeah. But this is And the smoke the monster married Ben, but they've kind of got a loveless marriage going on. Yes. And then marriage of convenience. And then also Osiris is involved because there's like a statue of Osiris. But don't worry about that too much. And then Dharma and Greg initiative gets started. The and they and Greg film Dharma and Greg on the island. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good show. I think people should revisit it. Yeah. How do I do that thing now? I want to talk about two more things. Please. Um, one, every shot of Nicolas Cage is like a tableau. Is like, <laughs> well, good. They like every good. shot. I want it to be. Every shot is him like posing. Like if he <laughs> if he's ready to jump out of a window, he's like posing like it's a poster, and then he jumps, <laughs> and it's kind of amazing. <laughs> we also got. We never talked about the second slow mo moment when uh diamond dog mm-hmm. is about to kill the remaining cops um he's like about to execute them. right and poe is trying to use sort of logic to say hey they could be leveraged don't kill yeah, them they're yet. hostages and then he convinces um cyrus not to do it and then cyrus tells him hey don't do it and then nicholas cage looks at sort of at the camera which is sort of where right. diamond dog is and he just his hair blows in the wind, in the and wind. Then he winks. And they use that later in the credits. Bang, bang, bang. The credits is a whole other thing, man. How much yeah. time have we got? It's like uh, the end of Full House. Like, it, everyone's smiling and laughing. I'm like, what movie did you watch, credits guy? They've all got their nicknames and stuff. Like, this is a fun... Lo- this is not Animal House. All, all of them talking? are dead. <laughs> <sighs> 
Will uh, you talk about the propeller stunt? You describe I will. It. Okay, so they crash land on... the, the at, sands. W- while they're crash landing in Las Vegas, Cyrus has realized that Cameron Poe is not, <coughs> you know, a hardened criminal, but he's actually a parolee who might have been leaking out what's going on to the U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Um, and uh, after the, cra- the plane finally stops, gets a jackpot in the sands, um, and, uh, you know, Cyrus threatens... Cameron's daughter. The last, the last thing Casey Poe will smell is my stinking breath. <sighs> Needs work, guys. Yeah. First off, you're talking too long. Threats should be snappy. <laughs> the last thing that you ever see that your daughter, Casey, I believe her name is. I'm not sure. Is it Casey or Jenna? I don't know why Jenna is coming to my head. Is it because we were just talking about Dharma and Greg and I'd think of Jenna Elfman, but it's not Jenna. It's Casey. I'm pretty sure. Can you confirm that? I'm still threatening. Do not uh-huh. talk while uh-huh. I'm threatening. I just wanted to confirm my daughter's the last name. thing that she says, sorry, sees, <laughs> will be my eyes looking into her eyes. Now, her eyes are smaller, but she's still going to be able to see them. And I'm going to be see looking her, at her. See her eyes? Yes, I'm sorry. Is, is my daughter seeing her own eyes? No, she's seeing. Well, she's seeing the reflection of her own eyes in my eyes. Oh, okay, all right. And I'm very angry in this instance because yeah. I'm about to kill her. Okay, so, so your eyebrows are sort of coming so down in a sort V of at an angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, you were threatening me. I believe. <laughs> Um, so they're, you know, just inches apart with Cyrus and a gun in his face, threatening his daughter. And we see on the outside, a propeller has come loose from all the kerfuffle of the turbulence and the landing and the what have you. It comes loose um, from the thing, starts rolling away from the, well, not rolling, but sort of flying away from the plane. But then, like a mad house theory of the Kennedy assassination, stops <laughs> In midair. Well, it's got that rotation going the opposite I guess direction. So, and then turns around and goes through the plane. So it's gaining momentum at this point. <laughs> cuts through the side of the plane and goes betwixt Cyrus and Cameron, hurting neither of them, mind you, and continues on through the plane, speed unfettered by no <laughs> obstacles. Uh, just keeps going. Um, it's just the weirdest thing that you don't even know what's happening. We had to stop and go back and rewatch it to understand what had just fucking happened. Uh, it's an amazing sight, it's a though. Really bizarre stunt that you know someone put a lot of time and effort into. Actually, I would say the opposite. It feels like <laughs> some coked up like story editor was just like, and at some point I want a propeller to just go through the plane and like go between two people. I also want someone to put a gun to a stuffed bunny and say. Don't move or the bunny gets it. Uh, and then, like, also at some point, Cameron should say in, like, crazy, like, you know, 1800s southern accent, <laughs> put the bunny down. I, this is going to be a fucking awesome movie. Let's do some more coke. <laughs> oh, what else you got over there? I'm done. I think the last thing I wanted to talk about was the relationship between John Cusack and Colm Meany. Oh, Colm. We never even talked about Colm. I have a note here. It says calm, exclamation point. See, I thought that said calm, and you were just trying to have a <laughs> Calm, moment. everyone just stay calm. We're almost done with Con Air. Well, you want to start calm, but then you want to go to the yelling. <laughs> um, so 
So as we said, John Cusack plays the U.S. Marshal. I guess he's like seasoned. Like this is what he does. He like manages the transport of of convicts. And Colm is with the DEA and he has an agent that he wants to put on the plane undercover because there is someone associated with a drug kingpin. I don't think the same even drug kingpin we were talking about. Yeah. Who might be able to uh, give him some information on something nabbing something i don't fucking know it's not important it's just a point of like getting a second gun on the goddamn plane yeah um but there's this weird part of it where john cusack who's sort of our secondary protagonist is very like he talks about institutionalization and he's sort of mocked by Colm as like sort of a hippy dippy like know-it-all but he seems to be like very like conscious that you know we might be creating these criminals to be worse than they are by the standards we're keeping them in in these prisons he talks about like you know uh, fear of freedom how how some people might you know because he's trying to theorize why cameron wouldn't have gotten off the plane when he had the chance and he's like well maybe he has like a fear of freedom that's something that's common that happens so he's sort of this Cameron even says that yeah uh, he uses that as an excuse but like john cusack is this interesting character in that he's sort of a liberal guy a progressively minded guy with like he yeah. seems concerned about prisoners, uh, interested in their well-being. Like, and he's portrayed as a good guy. I feel like my gut instinct with a movie like this would be, like, that guy would be proven to be wrong. Like, a look right. how wrong right. you were. Yeah. But it's Colm, who's this guy who's like, who fucking cares? Just shoot this right. plane out of the yeah. sky. Um, who's proven to be the asshole and constantly gets one-upped. His douchebag car gets destroyed. He's just constantly made to be a fool. Um, it's just one of those moments in this movie that I kind of like that. Right. I don't know. It's not as, uh, also I want to draw dumb as it might seem. I want to draw Combs face. Although it's pretty quick. dumb. Combs face. He's got like a small face. Yeah. Not a small head. He's got a small face. He almost looks like a bowling ball. His eyes and his mouth are really close and tight on his <laughs> the- It looks like someone tried to carve an Easter Island face into a pumpkin. So what I'm trying to say is you're not wrong. Uh, Yeah, he looks like a bowling ball, like these three holes really close together on this giant sphere. Yeah. I don't know. I just like it. I like it when people who have douchebag cars get those cars destroyed because I think douchebag cars are douchebag things. That's a good trope. I love it. Not as good as jackpots. From destroy partially sure, destroyed yeah. slot machines, but pretty good. Two more things. So John Malkovich, uh, he's put, he's like pinned down with a spike through his leg at yeah. the top, at the end of the fire engine's ladder, and they, then Nick Cage rises the raises the ladder, which crashes through a walking bridge. First off, no one's surviving that. Yeah, certainly not a man of flesh and blood like John Malkovich is presumed to be. Um, but then after the walking bridge. There's this weird moment where they're driving on a street, but John Malkovich goes through the walking bridge, survives, but he ends up in a construction site. Yeah. Like, where are we? Yeah. It's just this weird jump. That whole It feels chase. like something's missing. Yeah. Uh, he ends up on a construction site, gets his head bashed in by this, you know, one of those head basher things that are kept on all construction sites it is like a my spatial awareness was lost during that whole last yeah. thing so i was just like what's going on 
And you're kind of like fatigued by action at this point too. You're like, I don't, okay, just kill him. Let's move on. Last thing I want to bring up is the family reunion scene is the most awkward thing. Did you catch how awkward it was? No. I was just listening to the dulcet tones of Trishy. Trishy, yeah. (laughs) Trishy, old Trishy. Um, He reunites with Monica Potter and he talked, the girl is terrified of Nicholas. she should be. No, it's oddly like, this is realistic. Yeah. But like, the movie seems to think, yeah, that's fine. The bunny that he has for her, he recovers it going into the sewer. Right. So it's then, like, soaking still wet gives bu- it to bunny. her, which is like, I mean, I get what the movie's trying to say, but it's also like, that bunny only means something to you. It does not mean anything to the little girl. She's never seen it before. She doesn't know what a bunny You're is. You're just trying to give her a sewer-soaked bunny. <laughs> and then being like, why are you? I mean, he was pretty reasonable about it. He's like, yeah, I get it. It's gross. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> I do declare. Um, but much like the latrine uh, <laughs> behind my estate. <laughs> um, but not only that. I mean, it's awkward between her and that and him, and that's understandable. But then the move, the music swells. How do I live? Uh, and she hugs him. But, like, the actress still looks super uncomfortable. Yeah. But the movie is just going along like, yeah, you get it. And I'm like, this, someone needs to talk to this old girl. She's terrified. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's real, it's real charming. I know what you're thinking, Damon. I'm like, no, I'm concerned. Well, then the is mom's anyone like, hearing me? You can uh, go ahead and hug him. Like, don't force her. No, no, don't force her, <laughs> Mrs. Potter. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> All right, let's go to the verdict. Let's go. Come on. good maybe he could have been cyrus the virus uh, no good over here um damon xanthopoulos con air 1997 what is your verdict i will retract something i said in the first part of the show okay which is that this movie knows what kind of movie it is it does not i don't think it does no it does not however that does not lessen my enjoyment of how ludicrous this movie is uh i would still say uh if you like stupid action movies, that this is a stupid action movie. And I enjoy it. Your inner child is not an idiot. Uh, that's ridiculous, <laughs> Damon. Your inner child is, an, is so, so far an idiot that it can be enjoyable. I'll give you that. Uh-huh. But maybe for 80 of the 120 minutes <laughs> of this movie. It's a little long for me, I too. like those odds. But... It is, if you just want to watch, you know, Malkovich is always good, a good a good thing to watch. Uh, just the accent work. <laughs> the accent work. Just a master class of a chameleon. Nicolas Cage is a chameleon. I think we all know that. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard to know he's in a movie. Is he in a movie? Is he just becoming he's just a person? He's just so subtle. You he's don't know willing, who he is. Damon, he's willing to travel. From presumably California, where everyone lives, yeah, to Alabama to doesn't study. He live in doesn't he live in Louisiana? That can't be true. Doesn't he have a, at least a, he has a tomb in Louisiana? A tomb. 
Yes. I'm sure he has he, one of those um, above ground tombs in, that they have in New Orleans. His is a pyramid. A mausoleum? That is crumbling. Why? Because he didn't build it out of the right materials for it to survive until and he's, he dies. He's like bankrupt. And he's horrible with money. You can tell he's horrible with money because he built a pyramid <laughs> for himself in the most expensive cemetery in America. Uh, he, might, he might live in Louisiana. I have no idea. But still, I mean, can you imagine if he actually does live in Louisiana and literally just went, stopped on over to Mobile? That's- oh, yeah. This is how people talk. Well, that's my Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Your impression. The only the only people who are worse at accents than Nicolas Cage are you and me. <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, yeah, this map here, it's on the back of the U.S. Constitution. Damon, this movie is so stupid. I don't know. It's not like sometimes it's completely. I am completely unable to enjoy myself because it's I'm so distracted by how bad this is not that. Okay. So I'll give you that. It's enjoyable to Looks watch. Looks like this movie's looking pretty good. It's enjoyable to watch how ridiculous it is, but I cannot in good conscience tell anyone to watch this for any reason. <laughs> Listen to me right now. Yeah. Hearken to my voice, not you, the oh, audience. Okay. okay. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Turn off this podcast right now and go watch Con Air. Honestly, Hulu. you were supposed to do that in the middle of the episode, but we're going to let it go. <laughs> we know you didn't. We know you just went ahead and listened to You're hearing to our it. voices now. That's how we know. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Email us, yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail, 615-576-0525. Give us your best Nicolas Cage, Mobile, Alabama accent, and uh, tell us what else you wanted to watch. Or just leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. Um, you can find us on all the social medias. You can find us on the Twitters, the Instagram. Sometimes we're on those. Facebook, all that kind of stuff. We want to thank uh, my friend Russ Weaver for the use of his song Top of Two for the ad music. We want to thank our patrons for supporting us. We really appreciate it. You help us keep making the show. Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. And we want to thank our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm, Corey Cummings, Brandon Hardy, Christine in Brooklyn. His honor, the mayor. His honor, the His mayor. His honor, the mayor. Well, I will not have you impugned your honor. Do not dishonor Jeremy T. Palin. Ah, yes, your virtue is intact, Joshua Nicholson. A Karen Kurd. <laughs> I couldn't come up with that phrase for her. Sorry. Larissa Mastro. Dan McIntyre of the... Ohio McIntyres. Them damn Yankee McIntyres. <laughs> Ghosts in the burbs. That's not a word we use here in shallow. <laughs> and a Jonathan Day. Thank you all so much for your patronage. Thanks for supporting the podcast. I'm going to stop talking like that now. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. How do I ever... That's the money note. That is not the money note, but like the one she sang, the note she sang is the money note. What did I sing? Like a like maybe half a step down from her note. (laughs) (laughs) You get it. You get it. Bye everybody.